and welcome to Cavus Hour. I'm Jerry Wilson. The other evening, I saw a preview of the new film Jesus Revolution, which is about the late 1960s to early 1970s Southern California-based revival centered around Pastor Chuck Smith and Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa, California. The movie demolishes the cliches about movies made by and for Christians being rank amateur productions. It superbly captures the people and the movement that shook the church and served as a starting point for ministries still thriving today. It's not the way it used to be 
movie expertly weaves multiple threads and characters, both in their interactions and individually. Smith pastored a small, stifled church until he encountered Lonnie Frisbee, a complex, itinerant hippie preacher who, despite often being his own worst enemy, was a powerful evangelist. Greg Laurie was a teenager with an unhappy home life, courtesy of an absent father and an alcoholic mother. As the film progresses, the travels of these three main characters often run parallel, not always happily.
To a degree, Jesus' revolution takes a Chronicles over Kings view of historical events. As I once heard a wise Bible teacher explain, in the Old Testament, the books of Kings reflect Israel's history from man's viewpoint, while the books of Chronicles showcase Israel's history from God's viewpoint. For example, compare the portrayal of King David's life in each. In Kings, we get complete details of David's sordid shortcomings, including his sin with Bathsheba and, later on, his parenting failure with Absalom. In Chronicles, the only failure mentioned is when David decided to take a census of Israel, something prohibited explicitly under Mosaic law. Not that God ignored David's failures, but he also forgave them.
Although Jesus' revolution will naturally have the strongest appeal for those who were a part of the time it depicts, it stands on its own as a film capturing recent history. Of course, there are happy endings to most of the plot lines. However, the movie does not sugarcoat the people or the movement it portrays. These were flawed people for whom faith in Christ did not serve as an immediate panacea for all that went on before or transpired after their salvation. Aside from accurately documenting what it was like during the revival, Jesus' revolution also serves as a dual reminder, both nudging those who were there toward recalling the joy of newfound faith and reminding us that, like it or not, life is messy. People do let themselves and each other down. Jesus, thankfully, doesn't. Walking down the road of life I find that in your heart You're just a lonely one For you see Upon that very road My search for good and truth Had its beginning You take a little turn to the left And you see what that path Has to offer you Then you gotta make it back To the main road anyhow And you have all that lost time To make up for And it's a sad thing to realize that you're all alone, that you're on your own again. Little pilgrim, walking down the road of life, can't you see that there are many others? are just like you I was looking in that same direction but all I ever found were others who were searching just like me and we didn't find the way or the answers to the questions that were buried deep down in our souls We just found that the ways of men Have no answers Anyhow Oh, don't you wonder now What 
truck Walking down the road of life I know that deep down in your heart That you are just like me What you're seeking Is a better way And you're reaching out For temporary resting places And you're glad to find A little peace of mind Here and there But it won't last, no, no Cause you'll have to move along someday Till you're resting in the arms of the only one who can help you Till you give your heart and your soul and your body and your mind and your life It's a glad thing to realize that you're not alone, no, that you found your way back home, back home. Love song here on Cavus Hour with Little Pilgrim. That was off of their second and final studio album, which was entitled Final Touch. Before that, we had four songs off of the 50th anniversary edition of Love Song's self-titled debut album. Going backwards in order, we had Welcome Back, Freedom, Little Country Church, and started off the show with A Love Song. In this particular episode of the show, music-wise, I think I'm going to feature as many Maranatha-era artists as possible from the 70s. Have no fear, I'll get back to the usual format in the very near future. But, I'm, I don't know, I don't want to say nostalgic. I'm just trying to remind myself of how good things were and rev myself up for some work that lays ahead. Getting back into the music now, here is Mustard Seed Faith. Until your 
It is real. 
Lord, I hear you knocking Been knocking at the door How long have you been waiting? Seems I never really heard you before I've kind of let the place go what you'll find But you can make yourself at home If you're sure that you don't mind Cause when I cry the roof leaks and When the wind blows the walls are weak But a house is known by the company I feel better now that you're near And I want to make it clear Jesus, from now on You're always welcome here There are dark rooms deep inside me has never shown and I tried to hide inside them but I guess you've always known one day you would call me and I'd awaken from my sleep and you take me just the way I am Promise me you'd keep me Cause when I cry the roof leaks When the wind blows the walls are weak But a house is known by the company it keeps And I feel better now that you're near And I want to make it clear Jesus, from now on You're always welcome here Jesus, from now on The gentlemanly, masterful Bob Bennett here on KFSR with Your Welcome Here. Before that, we had Glory to God by Richie Foray. That was off of one of the Maranatha compilation albums, Maranatha 7, as I recall. And we started off that set with Sail on Sailor by Mustard Seed Faith. Moving right along here on our mostly Maranatha edition of KFSR, Hour, Gentle Faith.
Jerusalem, oh, oh, oh Jerusalem, why won't you leave in here? Don't you know, can't you see, your king is his man from Galilee? Israel, oh Israel, who's Messiah, can't you tell? Don't you know, can't you see, your king is this man from Galilee?
side of town that never was the best. It's still the same old gray smudged pencil sketch where everybody's sorrows can be seen as well as felt. And in the silent streets, there is a distant cry for help. And it's with Who Loves the Lonely here on KFS Hour. Before that, we had Father's Arms by Daniel Amos, starting off that set with Jerusalem by General Faith. Moving right along here on this mostly Maranatha edition of KFS Hour, got some Karen Lafferty. Mm-hmm. 
Odin Fong with the title track off of his first solo album, Come for the Children, here on this mostly Maranatha edition of Cavus Hour. Before that, we had Have You Ever Heard by The Way, and we started off that set with Sweet Communion by Karen Lafferty. going to leave you with a bit of a rarity. It is a extended version of the second side of Daniel Amos's Shotgun Angel album with narration and biblical expository on the end times by the late Chuck Smith. Take care and God bless everybody, and we will see you all again right here next time on Cavus Hour. Bye-bye. John had been exiled to the island of Patmos when he was over 90 years old. And there he probably wondered, God, why am I still alive? But God was not through with John yet. And John tells us that while he was there, he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. That could possibly be interpreted, I was in the spirit unto the day of the Lord. That is, John was transported through time by the Spirit unto the future time when the Lord establishes His kingdom upon the earth. And thus the book of Revelation, God's final word to man, was given to us by John. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants, 
things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God, and of the testimony of Jesus Christ, and of all the things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord which is, and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. The rapture of the church is that glorious day when the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and we who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. This is the blessed hope of every child of God. For as Paul taught in Corinthians, we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. And at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. And all those who were ready went in with him. And those who were not ready, the unbelieving, will be left to face the soon-to-come great tribulation period. Imagine the pathetic cries of the man who suddenly discovers his good, faithful little lady is gone to be with Jesus, and he's been left behind. Where'd you 
Be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but He is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth also and all the works that are therein shall be burned up. Once the good have been removed from the earth, evil shall take over. Men who wanted to live without God will now have their wish come true, but to their dismay, they will not discover the utopia they thought but all hell breaks out on earth and there is no place to hide.
As we move through the 13th chapter of the book of Revelation, we see the Antichrist and the false prophet as they make their scene upon the earth and as they deceive the people on the earth and as they cause everyone to receive that mark which will seal a person's doom. But God will not destroy a man without first of all warning him and giving him a chance. In the 14th chapter of the book of Revelation, we find that there are angels flying through the midst of heaven, one declaring the everlasting gospel, and then the other declaring the judgment that will come upon any man who dares to take the mark of the beast or who dares to worship his image. And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred and sixty-six. A man will rise to rule the world who will cause all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. And no man will be able to buy or sell unless he has this mark. But those who receive this mark shall drink of the wine of God's wrath. They will have no rest, day or night.
At first, this new cashless checklist society will seem like a perfect solution to many of the social evils. Robberies, muggings will stop. Shopping will be so convenient, you will not have to carry a purse or a wallet. Just a mark on your hand does it all. Chapter 17, we see God's judgment against that great religious system that has deceived the people who dwell upon the earth. That religious system that is related to mystery Babylon the Great and is called the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. In the 18th chapter of the book of Revelation, we see the judgment of God upon the commercial system that has enslaved the souls of man. How that people in their desire for material things have become the slaves of those who have produced and those who sell these goods. 
When Jesus begins to open the seals of the seven-sealed book, we find that when he opens the first seal, there will come forth a white horse, and the one who sits upon him has a bow and a crown, and he goes forth conquering and to conquer. This white horse with his rider will be the entrance of the Antichrist upon the world scene. He will soon be followed by the second horse, which was a red horse, and power was given to that horse to take peace from the earth, that men upon the earth would kill one another, and he was given a great sword. And so after the initial deception by the Antichrist, in which he woos the world to worship him, then as he shows his true colors, war will break out upon the earth, a time of bloodshed worse than at any time in the earth's history. And after this tremendous war, there will be a great famine upon the earth. And so the third horse that John saw was a black horse. He had balances in his hands and he is measuring out or rationing out the food to the people that are upon the earth. And as the result of the wars and the famines, many people will be slain. And so the fourth horse that comes forth is a pale horse, and the one that sits upon it is called death, and hell follows after him. Then we see that horrible holocaust, the great battle of Armageddon in the latter part of chapter 14. We see the continued judgments of God in the 16th chapter as now the vials of God's wrath are poured forth upon the earth. And there shall be great tribulation, such as has never been seen before or will ever be seen again. Men's hearts will be failing them because of the fear of the awesome catastrophes that are striking the earth. There will be great earthquakes. The sun will turn black and the moon will turn a bloody red. Meteorite showers will devastate the earth and every mountain and island will be moved. Gigantic 90-pound hailstones will pelt the earth crushing houses and cars, destroying trees and crops. And immediately after the tribulation of those days shall they see the sign of the Son of Man coming with clouds and great glory. Before God sets forth the plague of violent winds upon the earth, the angel stops those angels that are holding the winds, and he tells them to wait until God has had the opportunity to seal his true servants in their foreheads. And so the angel went out to seal the servants of God and the number of them which were sealed 
were 144,000. By that seal of God within their forehead, they are spared these plagues that are coming upon the earth. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man can number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. There will also be the tragedy of believing husbands reluctantly leaving behind their unbelieving wives. My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. And he brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me is love. My beloved is mine, and I am his. These are they which came out of the great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. My love, I had a dream last night I saw a rider on the wind A stranger to my eyes Was on the outside looking in And the land he's longing for Dim and distant shore of my life, of my life. My love, I heard the pilgrim's call. I saw it was for
take her final turns The showdown's exactly what some fear Millions die, the land is burned I saw the beast 
and the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. In chapter 19, we see the scene now changing. The judgment is now over, and we now proclaim the worthiness of God to rule. God's ruling means the kingdom of God has now come and the glorious praises as we declare our hallelujahs unto him. The invitation is given to the bride, the church, to come now to the marriage supper of the Lamb, and the bride has made herself ready as she has clothed herself in his righteousness. And then we see Jesus coming again with his church to establish his kingdom upon the earth. And the scriptures will be fulfilled. Behold, he comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute his judgment upon the earth. For he will reign over the earth and judge in righteousness and in truth. There's going to be one day a very glorious union of Jesus Christ with his church. Peter, speaking of Jesus, said, whom having not seen, yet we love. And though we do not see him yet, still we rejoice with a joy unspeakable and full of glory. Paul the Apostle said, Now we see through the glass darkly, but then we will see face to face. What a glorious day when we see our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, face to face and we will be with him, world without end. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and 
they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root, the offspring of David, and the bright and morning star. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. He that testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus.
For the Lord.